the VO Meter, measuring your voiceover progress. Whether you're a veteran voice actor, just starting out, or don't even know how to set a level, we're here to help you avoid the pitfalls along your voiceover path to success. The VO Meter is brought to you by Voice Actor Websites, Studio Bricks, Global Voice Acting Academy, JMC Demos, and Sennheiser. The VO Meter is produced in part using Source Connect, made by source-elements.com. And now, your hosts, Paul Stefano and Sean Daly. How many times does this happen to you? You're listening to the radio when this commercial comes on, not unlike this one, and this guy starts talking, not unlike myself. Or maybe it's a woman that starts talking, not unlike myself, and you think to yourself, geez, I could do that. Well, mister, well, missy, you just got one step closer to realizing your dream as a voiceover artist, because now there's Global Voice Acting Academy. All the tools and straight-from-the-hip, honest information you need to get on a fast track to doing this commercial yourself. Well, not this one exactly. Classes, private coaching, webinars, home studio setup, marketing and branding help, members-only benefits like workouts, rate and negotiation advice, practice scripts, and more. All without the kind of hype you're listening to right now. Go ahead, take our jobs from us. We dare you. Speak for yourself, buddy. I like what I do. And you will, too, when you're learning your craft at Global Voice Acting Academy. Find us at globalvoiceacademy.com. Because you like to have fun. As a voice talent, you have to have a website. But what a hassle getting someone to do it for you. And when they finally do, they break or don't look right on mobile devices. They're not built for marketing and SEO. They're expensive. You have limited or no control. And it takes forever to get one built and go live. So what's the best way to get you online in no time? Go to voiceactorwebsites.com. Like our name implies, voiceactorwebsites.com just does websites for voice actors. We believe in creating fast, mobile-friendly, responsive, highly functional designs that are easy to read and easy to use. You have full control. No need to hire someone every time you want to make a change. And our upfront pricing means you know exactly what your costs are ahead of time. You can get your voiceover website going for as little as $700. So if you want your voice actor website without the hassle of complexity and dealing with too many options, go to voiceactorwebsites.com, where your VO website shouldn't be a pain in the you-know-what. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 79 of the VO Meter. Measuring your voiceover progress. Today's going to be kind of a fast and loose episode. I mean, a lot of them are, but we're kind of just regrouping after the new year, talking about goals, ambitions, maybe mindset, and stuff like that. So, with all that in mind, it's time for our voiceover extra brings you the vo meter reference levels uh seriously guys that's the best you could come up with hey it's your show yeah so as normal let's uh let's talk about things that might be going on in our vo world and then we can talk about how they've all gone wrong since then (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) anything cool happening to you well, I remember last time we were talking about a lot of stuff um, that was happening with various webinars I was doing for GVAA, and I recently got asked by a friend and colleague, Monique Bagwell, to to teach an Art of Podcasting course, a university-level podcasting course. It's crazy. And I've been working on that over the winter break, and I forgot how hard it was to make a 15-week syllabus, because I've <laughs> never done it before. <laughs> it's a lot of work. 
heck? And then using Blackboard. Oh, God. I, I only had to use that as a student in college. Is it yeah, it can be a little overwhelming as an instructor. It's incredibly powerful software, but it's just a lot to learn. Yeah, I've actually loaded classes for Blackboard as an administrator because I used to work for a university. So I, I've, I've seen the back end as well. And it is kind of, it's overwhelming at times. But it's fun. And I, and I find that, I mean, Monique and the other staff have been incredibly patient and very understanding. And I know that once I get this one in the can, it's it's what's called asynchronous. So, like, we don't have actual meeting times where I'm kind of just making a lot of pre-recorded content and modules, and they just have to complete the assignments on their own. But once I get through this term, I'll just have something, all this content that I can use again and again if I want. And, and it's been nice because I've kind of been, I don't know, I, I've... I enjoy teaching, and it's been nice to be given an outlet to do that and to really kind of experiment with, with different ways of going about it, like like or using various multimedia. Um, I'm actually creating sort of a podcast of the class as I do it, So because I'm really oh, trying cool. to get the students to realize or like kind of take them step by step. Like, this is what we do for VO Meter. This is how I go about creating it for this course, right? So kind of giving them real-time application of a lot of the concepts that we're going over uh, throughout the class. That's a really cool way to approach it, that you'll have that finished product that not only not only in writing, but also recording. So you can go back and revisit it mm-hmm. anytime. Exactly. So that's been fun. Otherwise, um, I've just been... I actually been enjoying a little bit of a lull. I had a nice, uh, or over the break, still been doing my regular e-learning clients. Took a nice break over Christmas and New Year's. Got stuck at my my fiance's house because of the snow. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, we had yeah, we had about um, a foot to two feet of snow in December. It was very unusual for Washington. A lot of places just kind of shut down, and I know we get a lot of flack from people in the Midwest and the East Coast for that, but we don't have the infrastructure for snow, Mm -hmm. and we have lots and lots of hills and twists and turns and ditches and all sorts of stuff, so it can get quite dangerous with the snow and ice. But yeah, other than that, it's just been kind of buckling down, prepping for the class, doing whatever jobs come my way. What about you? I've got a couple things going on. I've actually had a flurry of audiobook activity. I think right after our last episode where I sort of had an epic rant about how things had gone horribly wrong, it was almost like the universe was <laughs> was re- sort of giving me a break. And like that next day, or maybe even the same day, I think I texted you, I had two large audiobook projects signed. One, which was a an eight-and-a-half-hour paid-per-finished-hour book from ACX. And the other one was the, th- the third book in a series I'm doing for a dreamscape that's been spread out over the last two years. And that just happened to come at the same time. So really thankful for that. That's about five hours of recorded audio. It's a duet that I've been working on with Nikki Thomas. We've done two of the books, and this is the third in the series. And it's kind of cool because every book, the last last chapter or epilogue, has a, a piece about the next book. So it's whatever, it's usually an ancillary character from the current book. They get an epilogue at the end that sets them up as the main character for the next book. So luckily we knew this going in, so I'm able to keep the voices consistent, and um, it's done pretty well. So looking forward to that. This last one will be called Western Waves, and it's part of the Compass series, and it's book number three. So look forward to that in the next couple of months. And then the book I just completed, the the, uh, ACX book, is called Falling, and it's it's a gumshoe. It's a detective mystery. And that was fun, too, because that's one of my favorite genres is the private investigator, uh, 
has an adventure, almost gets killed, gets the girl in the end, classic, classic PI stuff, and that was fun to do as well. And then I'm also recording another book for an author locally, and I might have talked about this a little bit, but we're recording it in the local city library. So we need to find a studio because this person's house wasn't really suitable to doing it in, in their uh, in their home, just too noisy, lots of stuff in the city going on, fire engines, kids playing and stuff. So she went went out to sort a studio and found that the library has this podcasting room that they let you use for free if you're a member of the library. So we've been recording there. We've done about six sessions. We have our final pickup session tomorrow. It's a great sounding studio. And not only does it have almost a soundproof room, it also has a full set of band equipment. So it's really set up for teens. It's in like the, the youth area, but they just don't have a lot of kids using it because I guess either they don't know about it or they don't have the time to get to it. So it's pretty much empty all the time and we've really taken advantage of it. So that's been fun too. And then, what else? All right, uh, so before you go move on, I was like, that that's amazing. And I've, I've actually, as part of this course, um, I've already kind of introduced the students to, to like home studio basics. And in my syllabus and in my welcome video, I'm just like, take advantage of the free resources you have now. Because <laughs> like, they, have, they have a media department. They have booths. They have places that they can take advantage of if they, if they use it. Oh, the university? Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's one of my biggest regrets was not taking advantage of some of the university resources like the uh, the audio department because my, my campus had a sound studio as well and a radio station. I did volunteer for that, but, but again, I really wish I had kind of taken a little bit more initiative and fiddled around with the equipment. Although, to be fair, it was mainly like it's all patch bays and a lot of analog stuff that's not as directly relevant these days, but it's still fun, like... I still miss having access to that kind of mic locker. Yeah, I was the same way, although I'm even older. So we, we didn't even have digital editing at all. It didn't even exist. So we still had razor blades and tape and grease pencils. But I wow, did spend so... a lot of time in the labs just hanging out and and uh, and and working. I think I was even a lab aide. I, wonder, I, I think I was. I remember sitting in the lab reading the newspaper every day. I think because I was waiting for people to come in that needed help, but I never really did any work. But I think I was signed up as a lab aide volunteer. <laughs> For for the radio studio. Yeah, so those are a couple of the audiobook things I'm doing. And then I've also done a couple of explainer videos. I'm pretty excited about one I did because it's for Samsung. I actually did two for Samsung, but the the latest one just got released on YouTube, and I put that out on social media a couple of days ago. So that's a big carrot to hang out in front of my website, shingle, and say, hey, look, I work for Samsung. So that was kind of fun. And then finally, I picked up a new PA job. So I think I've mentioned on the podcast that I used to work for Towson University, which is the second biggest state school in Maryland. And I was unceremoniously not asked to come back. Not really fired, but there was a change in athletic leadership, and they just never called me back for one season. So they got a new athletic director this past month, which is kind of the same way I got dismissed. So I figured, well, this time I'll contact them and see if the change in leadership would allow me to come back. And I had an interview last week, and it did. So I'll be working for the two largest state universities now as a public address announcer for athletics. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. And I think that's that's it for now. Well, it is the new year, and it it might be trending, but do you have any, like, goals or resolutions you're trying to do this year? I definitely do. Or in my case, it's more things that I, I want to work on more that I've kind of always done, but either didn't have time to work on or maybe were things that were bubbling in the back of my head that I want to do more of. 
So you want to maybe like sort of ping pong back and forth. You do one, I'll do one. Yeah, yeah. And and I guess right now for me is kind of is mindset more than anything. And and this feels like I feel like I've reached kind of a positive plateau. Like I'm getting regular work. I'm like I'm making a living wage and all that stuff. So I kind of just want to like stay the course and just and just get or like accumulate like a nest egg. I want to try and um, get an own or get my own place with my fiance and kind of let VO just be the job and keep doing the work. But also like I'm a little bit more focused on the life I'm building outside of VO, if that makes sense. No, totally. And I, I definitely understand the mindset thing. I've actually, I don't know if I put it in those words because I'm just not that eloquent, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I've been feeling the same thing. Like I, I've, I've reached a nice plateau is a good word that you use. I think that's exactly how I feel. Uh, for instance, I've gotten a few auditions from, from agents recently where I've looked at them and said, yeah, that's not for me. There's no way I can do that well. I'm just going to pass. And in the past, I would never do that. I would I would send an audition for everything that my agent ever sent me and pretty much any pay-to-play that was on. And now I'm being much more selective, which I think is a good thing because I think most people and most coaches and industry pros will tell you that you really should only audition for the things that you're good for. And I'm really trying to make that my goal for the new year is, is to do the things that I can nail and not do the things that are really stretches and and sound bad over the end of last year there were a lot of auditions where i would start recording and i would say this is shit <laughs> there's no way i'm sending this in yeah. I would, and i would just stop <laughs> i would just stop and stop re- and throw out the recording maybe sometimes after wasting 10 to 15 minutes on the audition now i'm just looking at it and saying i can't do a 20 year old youth youthful sounding go-getter i just can't it, it's just not me so i'm just yeah. gonna pass on that dude i totally get that and i feel like and and it's it's so easy to think that you're like when you especially when you hear you get started and you're like oh you're lucky if you get one in a thousand one in a two thousand start auditioning now right and you just want to do everything for everyone and unfortunately nowadays like there's a lot of cattle calls there's a lot of like agents are just sending all jobs to all people on their rosters and so we have to do the selection right same or and it's even worse on a pay-to-play site if you don't have all of your filters set up and getting the projects that that are better suited for your voice but yeah and but now if it's anytime they're like 20 to or sometimes if it's like 30 to 40 i'm usually and then you pay attention to things like who's the celebrity reference and you're like oh can't like not british not australian not international like not can't do that for like don't have that ethnicity right so i'm just getting mm-hmm. a lot more comfortable and it and it, it can people get it's funny because i see people getting worked up like oh i have to sift through all these emails that don't apply to me I'm like that's part of your job like so much of what we do is sifting for gold nuggets in dirt <laughs> like, yeah and sometimes you'll find one where it does fit that either the mood you're in or the the state of your 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 health at that point like I'm, I'm thinking of one a couple of weeks ago where they wanted like a rugged midwestern accent and normally that doesn't sound like me but i had a bit of a cold <laughs> and, and and i had some more grit in my voice so i i went for it and i don't think i didn't land it but it, it sounded good enough where i thought yeah in my current state i can do this voice and you know probably hopefully repeat it during, if i if i landed the job so that's okay to do too, I think. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. And it's funny when you're sick or when you're just getting over sick, you just don't give a shit anymore. And <laughs> sometimes it's where the best performances come. That's true. 
All right, so any other, you want to move on to a different goal? Um, some other things, mainly trying to take care of my health, right? I feel like in, I've talked about this in the past, but I felt like I just, I was in this nigh obsessive state for like six years where like VO was my life. And then it got to the point where I'm like, I don't feel like I have a life outside of VO anymore. And then as actors, that's, that's career suicide because we need diverse experiences in order to bring those to our performances. And so... I've been a lot more kind with myself when I'm just, like, if I notice that I've been working for a long time, if I'm exhausted, and just giving myself permission to just check out certain days instead of just banging my head against the wall, trying to force myself to do the things that I'm really experiencing resistance with that day. So just being more kind to myself. And again, like I said, staying the course, staying with what works, experimenting now and then, but just not, like, again, this idea of being patient and kind to yourself. Now, I have to warn you, if you end up moving in with your fiance, which I assume you will at some point, and um, she's working more of a nine to five, uh, it may become an issue of guilt. I know I had this problem where sometimes I want to either like take a break or take a nap because I know that my day usually works out where there's a flurry of stuff in the morning from the European market in Asia. And then there's a, a big lull in, on the East Coast between about 11 and 4 or 5 p.m. And then I get a bunch of auditions from the West Coast from 5 to, to 9 p.m. Uh, <laughs> Eastern time. So every once in a while, I'll either play a video game or take a nap in the middle of the afternoon. But the past year, when my wife's here, who's an accountant working 9 to 5, she's like, what are you doing? Why are you sleeping in the middle of the day? <laughs> it's, it's hard to explain that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be working again after dinner, so I may as well take this break now. And that might be harder for you. And Although I know Rachel kind of does uh, some, some artistic stuff as well, so it may not be as much of an issue with a 9 to 5. But just be warned. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of adjustments. And I always try, like, if I can, if there's no deadlines and stuff like that, I, I just try to get my work done while she's at work and then sometimes if like ideally we're gonna have like a guest bed <laughs> so if those times when inspiration or deadlines approach i i can just let her sleep and then i can work on into the wee hours if i need to there but you go. but yeah i i do think i guess like i said that uh, you just have to be aware of where like our brains can only take so much stimuli, you know, like it, when it comes to, I, I've been noticing this a lot with my, my voice acting students as well. I teach several weeks of classes for Rekindle and around the eight week mark, I really encourage people to take a month off <laughs> just of training, just to give yourself time to percolate and, and process everything that you've just learned. And then I find that when we come back a month later, everything that we've talked about is really concretize is really solidifying in their performances so i think it really is important to kind of mix it up between input processing and output so again I, i'm just trying to be like I, i'm trying to give less fucks this year i guess is what it comes <laughs> down to <laughs> so something else i wanted to talk about as we look into the new year is the ability it's another mindset thing but can also be uh, a monetary thing is the ability to use the ancillary skills we develop as voice actors to possibly create another vertical market or just additional income for yourself. It's something I've done for the last couple of years, as we've talked about where I'm producing audiobooks for other people. I've expanded that a little bit, where I was only doing it remotely in the past, uh, mostly for Twin Flame Studios. 
I've now expanded that to do it more uh, with personal clients as well, mostly locally. So I started doing an, an in-person networking group at the end of last year, and I've gotten quite a few leads from them to direct contact with authors that are local. So this, this client I'm working with right now, and that book will be out in a few weeks, and I have another client I'm talking to later this week. So I'm looking to grow that business. And then something else I've started doing, or I should say I plan to start doing, I had one client so far, and it's really kind of by accident, but I should thank Bridget Real, who's a friend of the show and voice actor, who referred a client to me that she was coaching just for performance and voiceover, but needed some help with studio setup. And she happens to live like five miles from me. So Bridget didn't know exactly where she lived, but knew she was in the Baltimore area. So she said, hey, why don't you talk to Paul? He can probably help set you up with a studio. So Bridget contacted me and said, this, this client has the goods, is doing great coaching-wise, but she's recording out of a closet, and the kids are constantly interrupting, and she has no permanent space, so she needs some help. So I basically went over as a studio consult, went in person in this case, and helped her identify the best place to record. So she was in, like, in this walk-in closet in the second floor of her house. And similar to my house, there's a big highway running through. Not the same highway, but very close. And uh, I could hear that in the closet. So I said, well, let's just basically walk around and find the, base, the best place to record before we talk about any sort of soundproofing or booths. Come to find out she has a finished basement. And in the corner of the basement, there's this room that's dead quiet, even with the heater on. So I said, this is, this is where you should be. This is where you should be recording. What are you using this room for? And the answer was nothing. It had like an old dollhouse and a toddler bed in the corner. So <laughs> I said, well, I would recommend recording here. It's dead quiet. You almost need nothing else. And, and I can help you talk about some other ways to maybe make it sound better. So she decided that was, that was great. And then we started talking about some ways to make it sound good acoustically. And I recommended the, the vocal booth to go uh, AVB unit that you used to use or still use i guess right uh yeah the freestanding one yeah <laughs> so we got uh, we found the newer model actually a used version uh on facebook marketplace the newer model that has the pop-up frame that almost like a camping tent so the, the roof sits on top you just pop open the frame it sets up in five minutes we put that in the corner of a room and the studio sounds great as long as it's in that quiet room and it's acoustically treated that's that's all this particular client needed so Long story short, I'm thinking about expanding that as a service, either to people locally or maybe even remotely, because as part of my job with Twin Flames as director, I help, set, help people set up studios over the internet as well. And we do all of this remotely too. So I think it's something I might offer as a service going forward because I've developed the, the expertise and years over the years that I can. And because of questionable gear purchases, no matter what anyone <laughs> has used, I'm going to be able to help. Even this client I was just speaking of from Bridget, she was using an SM7B in, in this room. And we talked about why that might not be the best idea. She asked for some recommendations. And uh, I said, well, you know, Tom Test, voice actor out in Chicago, happens to be selling an Audio-Technica 4050 right now. That's a great mic. Why don't you just buy his? And so she did. <laughs> so she she got that in the in the, in the the room. And that's that sounded much better than the SM7B. But... No matter what mic uh, someone is using, when I talk to them over the internet, there's a good chance I've used it or at least tried it once, and I can help. <laughs> I can help them troubleshoot and/or improve the way it sounds. 
And maybe, maybe as you build your skill set, you can work QGPs back into your business plan and tax write-offs. Yeah, I'm rubbing my hands together right now. So that's what I'm going to do. Excellent. But the point is, you develop all these ancillary skills, production, recording, studio setup. Don't be afraid to use them. It's, I know everyone's goal is to be a full-time voice actor, and that's great. But I, I think if you can use those other skills, you can still call yourself a full-time voice person. I've actually been trying to think of different nomenclature to use. Maybe voice, voice studio <laughs> personnel or voiceover. Media specialist. Media like, yeah, something like that. Because I don't do just voicing and anymore. And I don't think that's a problem. And I'm finding, and we've talked about this a lot, but first off, our job requires multiple hats. And the job itself is multifaceted, right? I mean, the way people become full-time voice talent is that they do a bunch of stuff adjacent to VO as well. Right. I mean, they might do on camera or they might do various other forms of acting like on camera. They might be getting into audio like you're talking about or be an audio consultant of some kind. And they might get into education like what I'm doing. Right. So, mm -hmm. again, and this is a combination of the skills that you already have when you come into pursuing this, as well as the ones you cultivate throughout your career. So sometimes the business model changes. But. I think people get so caught up on what it means to just like, I just want to be an actor all the time. But the job is not acting all the time. The job is finding the work, right? <laughs> so, so don't, and I've kind of struggled with this before, like with imposter syndrome and stuff like that. But no, your job is to be as media, like as adjacent to many, as many media irons as you can. Then you can say that you're a full-time person in the entertainment media industry. Yeah, that's certainly how I view it. Whether it's, like you said, education, technical, it could be marketing and sales. Uh, it could be copywriting or yeah. uh, script writing, things like that, or translation. Um, chances, whatever, are like, again, chances are you've brought other skills to VO before you got here, unless you just started out like Miranda Park in, in voiceover and are just killing it. <laughs> you're, going yeah. to have those, you're going to have those other skills you bring to it. In my case, it's coaching. I've, I've done a ton of youth coaching over the years, and I'm translating those skills into audio tech coaching. But just keeping things in perspective, nothing happens in a vacuum. I mean, Miranda grew up in the voice acting industry because of her father, right? And, mm -hmm. and he encouraged that, and he helped her build connections, and she made many herself and and attacked it with with fervor and persistence. Oh, right? I'm not so discounting. Again, I'm not discounting what Miranda's doing. I'm just saying most people don't start from being in a diaper and doing VO. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they come exactly. from another career. Mm-hmm. And that's just a different. So, it, it's just a different style. Well, it's something that I tell people all the time when when they start training with either GBA or the other classes I do, is that you need to take stock of where you are, where you're beginning. Like, what are you good at? It, it, the, like, do you do voices? Do you do? Can you read for long periods without making mistakes? All that stuff. You need to figure out how we can like what you bring to the table and how you can monetize that if necessary. That is a good point, though, and you develop. You may not have those those instincts about your career when you first start. For instance, as I've been listening to dozens of other people do audiobooks live, I've thought to myself, you know what, I make a lot less mistakes than this person who's never done it before, obviously. Or in some cases, I've worked with people who are experienced public speakers in other ways, like either uh, being on TV or podcasters or radio, and they'll be pretty good as well. But I've noticed that as a long-form narrator, 
I, I didn't start this way, I don't think, but now I've gotten to the point where I do make very few mistakes when I'm recording an audiobook or an hour-long e-learning piece. And that's a skill that I can market and work towards building up even more and take advantage of now that I know that's something I do well. Do you have any <laughs> other goals you want to attack? Let's see. Any other goals? Um, I don't know. I want to probably health-wise. I want to work out more. I want to, um, I want to get back to like college age levels of fitness. Uh, cause I'm finding like, I mean, the better shape I'm in, the better my performance is. So I just want to keep it up and, uh, yeah, go on more walks, I guess too. We did buy a spin bike for Christmas. It was like a joint gift for me and my wife. So I'm in a similar boat and it's, it's starting off slowly. I forgot how out of shape I was. Uh, mm-hmm. I did like a 20 oh, minute beginner sense. workout and even that was, was pretty hard to begin with. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been doing PT for, for my knee and my elbows for, for weeks now. And it's just like, and even those ones can be a little bit tiring, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's just the consistency, right? Like small changes over time. Yeah. You don't want to start with a heavy workout right away. I did try to, I think the second time I went on one of these spin rides, we, we got the Peloton app. And I did this like 20 minute interval climb and, uh, I only got about 10 minutes in. And then the first time I tried to stand, I fell off the bike and banged my leg. Ow. Oh man. (laughs) So that was my cue to say, wait a minute, slick. Uh, let's take it back a little bit. You're almost 50 years old. Let's try something a little bit more, uh, more your speed. Yeah, I, I had a similar thing. I was transitioning from um, from resistance bands to free weights just for a different kind of stimuli for my, my elbow issues. And then I had gotten up, like I had increased the weight, and then uh, I took a few weeks off, and then I tried to do that same weight I had left off with on the first set. It's like, crap, you should have warmed up. You should have stretched beforehand. Now your elbow really hurts. <laughs> So be patient with yourself and don't lift with your ego. So the last thing I want to talk about, and it's New Year's-ish resolution, is uh, I rejuvenated my blog. So a couple of weeks before the New Year, I decided that I was going to take a tact where I stop answering so many questions on Facebook or other social media. Because you and I both, honestly, I've always sort of chimed in on all the, the different voiceover groups or... Uh, sometimes people's blogs responding to that and offering free advice and I don't mind doing it I love helping people but I felt like it was going in one person's ear and out the other and then the next day another person would ask the exact same question so I decided I should try and take advantage of all the all the accumulated knowledge I've had over the years and get some some mileage out of it myself so I decided to as much as I can, I don't do it all the time. I'll still answer some questions on Facebook, but as much as I can, if I'm about to type in a response on a Facebook group, I'll stop, create a blog post on my own website and, uh, put my answer there. And I haven't really pumped out a bunch of links to people and said, Hey, this is, this is your answer. Go check out my blog because I think that's a little tacky. Every once in a while is okay. If it's something really interesting, but I've just been kind of quietly typing up blog posts every couple of days and putting them out there. And today I did make a post saying, hey, I did this thing. If you want to check it out, go check out the dozen or so blogs I have over the last couple of weeks. And they're all just links to the Facebook group or Twitter thread, wherever I found the question. And then my answer to it with a couple of maybe links on things I've done in the past, like YouTube videos or in some cases the podcast, and answer the questions that way. And I don't know if it'll 
it'll be uh, if there'll be any response from people. But I have noticed quite a big bump in my SEO, which is the whole point, really, is to try and get some bang for the buck instead of throwing the information out there to Facebook and or Meta and having them get the the rewards. I'll get some from my from my own website. And I think I mentioned I was mm-hmm. going to do this right before the new year, and hell, George Whittem is doing the same thing. We kind of came up with the idea around the same time. Uh, I guess I can credit George with sparking my interest and in getting me off my ass. I definitely had the idea in my head, but I didn't verbalize it before he did. So, George, thank you, because I think he's doing kind of the same thing. But we'll see how well, it yeah, goes. It's, it, no, I, I was uh, actually reading it a bunch today. I like that. I think you mentioned that you had uh, appropriated the idea. <laughs> but, um, but and, and it's fine. We steal from each other all the time. I'm a teacher. I would know. But anyways, it's... I, I get you. This is why I made my resource document and why I made YouTube videos in the past. Because it's like, it's not, it it does not serve very well as like an archive or social media does not serve well as an archive for answers. And people just, they don't use the search functions. Every question to them feels immediate and prescient and needs an, a, a custom response. And for people who do go out of their way to answer these questions, it can feel like an, a thankless endeavor. Right. And, it, and to be honest, it might not be the best use of our time unless we go about it in ways that actually benefit our businesses like Paul and George are doing and that I'm looking to do in the future, either with some kind of uh, we were actually talking about uh, creating more in uh, just free informational content for GBAA to to kind of to answer a lot of those questions or to give people like one thing that amazed me recently, we had our script analysis webinar last month and we got like 76 purchases and everyone was like, oh my God, that's amazing. This is wonderful. Nobody teaches this. And I'm like, on the one hand, I'm like, oh, this is great. We're so happy you enjoyed this. But I'm like, this is acting 101, guys. You need to know how to analyze scripts. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, I'm like, what are people learning out there? So, Not to mention, so GBA again, has been teaching that for years, just on different courses all around, all yeah, across yeah, your whole you. offering. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it, well, thank you. I, we really try to encourage people to develop the skills to do this on their own. Like, and again, most people don't have a process or articulate or are unable to articulate that process. But again, this is really essential stuff. And I, we're finding that other people on social media who don't have the education or don't have the ability to articulate it well and in an accessible way are still preaching information that might not be accurate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or mis, or uh, unwittingly misusing their platforms and misleading people, right? Like, oh, just get a Yeti. You don't need to treat your room or anything like that. Like, things like that. And the information is out there, but it's up to you guys to, again, use your analytical abilities to to assess the value, assess the accuracy, right? Yeah, not to get too um, negative, but one of the other reasons I stopped responding on, on Facebook is because of negative responses to people who, who sometimes are dead wrong about what they're posting. So it's kind of like the, um, the confirmation bias. People on some groups where there's a lot of amateurs they'll start backing up each other, even for wrong information. Like someone will say, oh, I have a Blue Yeti mic, and I booked a, a, a great corporate ad with it, so it's fine. And then other people say, yeah, so screw you dinosaurs who say you need to spend $1,000 on a mic. You don't know anything. And if someone like you or me or uh, I won't mention any other names, but a, a vet of the, of, of the industry comes in and says, guys, this really is a bad idea, they usually get slammed. 
so then it's such a thankless endeavor that there's really no point in responding to begin with because the confirmation bias is there for people to just agree with the crap and you can't get through to them. And also there's there's a legitimacy that comes when you're like when you publish the blog or when you do that. And it's kind of like you don't have to it's up to them to take it or leave it, right? Like we're not emotionally invested anymore. <laughs> like um so so I highly encourage people that there are if you want to help other talent, we should, right? We should educate talent to to uphold standards of rates and quality, especially now when we're trying to be made obsolete by company after company looking for for cheaper AI solutions and the like. So we do need to support each other, but we just have to think about how we do that. And I, I just want to say, I know I, I, like, I don't want to be too negative. There are people that reach out and thank us for the podcast, for the articles, for the videos and other resources we make. But it can that can seem few and far between when we encounter so many people who just want validation to do what they were going to do anyway. And as opposed to asking for help and advice like and being receptive to it so if you're asking questions figure out why right if you're going to do something if you want to try something try it and learn for yourself if that was an effective solution or not don't leave it up to the people to get like or the people who have come before to to do things for you right and if you want to check out some of these blog entries you can go to www.paulstefano.com blog and i'd love to hear your thoughts Hey everyone, Studio Bricks designs and creates the highest performing portable sound isolation booths. Our professionally perfected acoustics enhances your performance and takes your recordings to their maximum quality from your home studio. Forget about managing noise conflicts with your neighbors and family. Pursue your passion for voiceover on your own time and on your own terms. Walgreens, because it's flu season, you live in a place with doorknobs and handrails and, you know, people. We tried booking a vacation rental on one of those other websites. They don't always tell you everything. The stars take it to the red carpet. We are back live from the red carpet. California leads the way for change in America, and so does Kamala Harris. Rated M for Mature. Claire Redfield. And who exactly are you? So, yeah, what hashtag should I use to describe a grown man in a tuxedo wrestling a goat? And prior to 1933, many of them belonged to a variety of political parties that were now outlawed in Germany. This is the story of how Q got curly. Quinn was crazy about curls. Curly fries, curly straws, curly-haired dogs. Hey, Jay Michael here. Thanks for listening to the VO Meter podcast. It's one of my favorites. If you're looking for a great demo like the ones you just heard, check out jmcdemos.com for more information. So that wraps up this episode of the VO Meter. Measuring your voiceover progress. Up next, we have an episode spotlighting the winners of the recent Ultimate VO Survivor competition through Get Mike Training. Uh, these are people who are at all at our stages of their career who kind of put themselves out there and performed for a industry panel of judges. And one of the prizes was a guest appearance on the podcast. So I'm really looking forward to hearing their stories. So stay tuned for that. We'll have Vijayan Marin, who was the narration winner. We'll have Joe Picard, who was the commercial winner. And we'll have Ileana Sparakis, who was the animation winner. But for now, that's it for this episode. You'll hear us in the next one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the VO Meter. To follow along, visit us at www.vometer.com. We'd also love to hear your comments or suggestions for the show. 
or if you have a questionable gear purchase, tell us all about it on our Facebook page or on Twitter at the VO Meter. 